Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing okay today. How are you, Dave? I am splendid. Thank you for asking. But that's not how this rolls. I usually ask how you're doing. You tell me. I know, and I, you know, I usually have a story for you. I got no, I got no stories. I got no stories for today. All right. So story for you. This is boring, but it's real. So my weekend Christmas stuff, uh, my wife and I spent Saturday, like wrapping up the shopping. We spent Sunday wrapping gifts. And to be really honest with you, there's a weird pleasure that comes out of wrapping gifts that I've realized because it's very slow, deliberate, tedious work with a clear outcome where I'm done at the end. And like, I don't get that from my normal work, right? Like nothing's ever, nothing's ever, ever deliberate and finished. So it was a, it was a rewarding weekend to get Christmas stuff done. Top well, that I, Mike. Then I can, I can kind of, I can pile onto that for you. Um, our Christmas wrapping doesn't happen until the night before. Ooh, a little pressure, huh? Well, the, the, it, it, it stems from the fact that we have like no good hiding places okay so like and it would always almost always have to be after the kids go to bed so like by the time kids go to bed you know and by the time they're asleep we're like fuck this we're gonna peace out too we're going to bed because we've had hard days you know my wife's a teacher i work at a at a level one trauma center so it's kind of like you know (laughs) by the end of the day i don't even want to eat dinner i just want to go to bed you know, I want to be the dad with the with the house coat on and the pipe with my drink in my hand, you know, in my slippers, you know. Would that be the house coat that I think Steve is wearing right now? Steve, you were oh, yeah. John Snow? Yeah. Thanks for that doing that. That is not a house again. coat. That is a legit John Snow Game of Thrones. Yeah, iron that's an iron throne overcoat, man. Like he's going north <laughs> of the wall tonight. So Mike, how do you power through the yeah, it's nine o'clock on Christmas Eve. The kids are in bed and you got to wrap all these presents. How do you make that happen? Um, alcohol and it's a wonderful life. <laughs> all right. Not, not the shitty colorized version, the actual black and white version. I've actually never watched that movie. Never oh. once. I, I, you know what? I started, I started doing it uh, about six years ago. You know, my wife and I were going on our, you know, our, our, late night post coming back from church christmas eve wrapping you know fiasco frenzy and uh we got a few few drinks in us and i flipped it on i said you know what this is just starting i'm gonna i'm gonna start this right now and amy was like you're gonna be up till 1 (laughs) a.m sure enough you know i i didn't realize it was that long of a movie i'd never seen it and now it's like a tradition for me so we're good now we know and now I know that I need to watch that movie. So thanks, Mike. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Steve, not trying to ignore you. How you doing, buddy? How was your weekend? It was pretty good. Uh, daycare offered us a, uh, you know, give us 60 bucks and we'll watch your kid for six hours, you know, to go get Christmas shopping done or whatever. Um, so we dumped the kid off there and then we went, we had a nice brunch, uh, you know, did a little shopping around and uh, went to the movies. But I'll tell you what, uh, you know, it, it's few and far between opportunities for my wife and I to go out together without the baby, toddler, whatever he is now. Um, so we went to this place, Jules in, in Essex, and they have latte flights, which 
just sounded incredible to me. Um, so obviously I had to order some, uh, but the thing is, and you know, you guys know, but for those of you listening, I have an anxiety disorder. That much caffeine is not good for me. <laughs> so all ramped up, doesn't it? About two of those, uh, you know, and they're not like full size lattes. They're, you know, maybe like six ounce pours um, each, but two into it. And my heart is just sitting there, like pounding out of my chest. And I'm kind of just staring at my wife, like, I think I'm going to die. She's like, well, you know, why don't, why don't you just stop drinking? You know, we, you don't have to finish it. I was like, no, no, no. I'm finishing this. Like, this was like 12 bucks. I am finishing this goddamn flight of lattes. Right. I paid for the flight. It's, it's getting taken care of, right? Yep. Yep. Fortunately, the expense for us, of your heart blowing out of your chest. <laughs> well, the fortunate thing is one of the stores in the Essex outlets, which is right where uh, where Jules is, is uh, Magic Man CBD Confectionaries. So we went there and they sell these tins of uh, CBD mints, which are incredible. Uh, I, I you know, tried one and it was it's like an Altoid kind of with a almost gelatinous texture after a little while, but between the mint and the, the CBD, like I, I was, I was cruising after that. Anxiety was gone. And I could sit there and, uh, you know, we watched Ghostbusters. It was enjoyable. Well, you know, you got me, hung, you got me hung up on the, be able to get the real thing. You won't have to go after CBD uh, for much longer. If, if you choose to go that route. <laughs> well, they're going to have that too at, at the, uh, at, at uh, magic man there. She's looking forward to that. <laughs> You got me hung up on the alto altoids with an eventual gelatinous texture. I'm a little bit stuck on that. Yeah, it's like you know, it's really hard to describe. But like when you first it? start with the mint, it really does taste like an altoid. It's got the same texture. It's got the same flavor. But after a minute or so, it kind of almost tastes like one of those weird like gummy candies. You don't chew it. Like it's too dense to chew but it has that kind of like gelatinous texture as it just gets stuck to the roof of your mouth and <laughs> absorbs into your bloodstream it's bizarre then, but it was then you went to see ghostbusters then we went to see ghostbusters is it worth it should i wait i i enjoyed it more than i thought i was going to yeah. i thought it was just going to be a, a you know another shameless cash grab um but no it, it was actually kind of fun i especially the first like two thirds of it. I, I really enjoy it. I thought it was, you know, the characters were fun, entertaining. Um, the girl character in it has some sick dad jokes. Super <laughs> appreciated. Well, of course you get Paul Rudd in it, right? I mean, Oh yeah, of course. The guy's an absolute sweetheart. Yeah. How could you, how could you go wrong? How could you not, how could you not love it? Yeah. Hey, hey Mike, your, your uh, sound, you're sounding a little bit far away. I just want to let you know that. I don't know how the, what it's your mic setup looks like. Far away? Is it, oh, there you go. That, that might be it. Oh, you got, I, I, <laughs> now you got I, your I radio voice back. Into the microphone. There you go, big guy. You got your radio voice back. You are good. Jesus Christ almighty. All right. Uh, hey, you want to talk about the match over the weekend? Nope. No <laughs> match over the weekend. How about the previous weekend? Nope. So, boys, what do we want to talk about? A little bit going on today. Look, yeah. I, I, I will say this. I feel like I owe my friends in bumfuck Europe an apology. You know, last time we got together, I kind of shit all over the this conference league bullshit competition and the teams involved. And, 
You know, I, I've thought long and hard about it since then. And that's not fair to Mura or Tess. You know, they're, they're probably some genuinely nice places, um, you know, to visit in Europe. So I'm going to amend my statement and say that the absolute shitholes that I was referring to is exclusively Ren. That's it. France, fuck them. Like a bunch of arrogant pricks. I, I just don't understand. Look, you've topped your group. This match is meaningless to you, whether it gets played or not. Show a little fucking empathy, dude. Like there's a COVID outbreak on this team, whether or not they took the right channels to postpone the match or not. You could have at least said, you know, we're sorry that you have this going on right now, but no, they just came off as arrogant pricks. And uh, for that, they have earned my shitholes of Europe official badge uh, I've never been there. I don't know what it's like, but I can only assume it's a shithole based on how they uh, behave. At least when Vitesse put a statement out, it was classy. And, you know, I, I, I feel for their frustration. And at the end of the day, I really hope that they're the ones that progress through because they deserve it. Um, but yeah, no, it was really shitty for Ren to just come out and just throw a hissy fit over something meaningless to them, at least. What's, what's your hypothesis? Why do you think... Why do you think they're being such douchebags about this whole thing when there's really no reason to act the way they're acting? I mean, I, I think that, you know, they just don't want to have to play the game. Plain and simple. Like, you know, we put the postponement in there. Now they're throwing a hissy fit because they had to travel. You know, they they wanted to, you know, initially, I think they wanted to sort of claim our scalps because which I think might just be an offensive thing to say. I'm kind of regretting that I said that right now. Um Good recovery, Steve. Yeah, just just take that. Yeah, just because you know you see that that's how how um, you know it's described online, and as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of not a great phrase. We should probably cut that out of our uh, our lingo uh, altogether. Um, but anyway, so you know, I, I think they really wanted to beat spurs and when they were denied the opportunity to do so suddenly it became inconvenient for them to have to deal with it so then it became an issue of well if we're not going to play when we wanted to play then i don't want to do it at all it's like fine whatever like i if we forfeit i don't care but you could have at least been a little considerate to the people who are you know sick uh, from covid now so yeah i'm not too thrilled with them um I'm going to leave it at that. Leave it at that. Mike, what are your thoughts on the whole Conference League Ren debacle? Um, but you know, I don't... Who fucking cares about Ren? Come on. They're, you know, they're going to they're gonna finish in the Europa Conference... Whatever, the Conference League again. They're going to finish in that spot again in, in French soccer. Um, and <clears throat> for, I mean, for what it's worth... They won, they won, you know, their spot. They won the group stage perfectly fine. They're moving on anyway. Um, they didn't have anything to lose by not playing this game. They didn't have anything to gain. It's not a money thing. They just didn't want Tottenham. They wanted that name on the win, but they, and they didn't want Tottenham, a, a bigger club in, it's probably the biggest one, the biggest club, if not one of the biggest clubs in in the entire tournament. They just wanted them out. 
They wanted to make an example of Tottenham. And, you know, from from what I've read so far, it, it sounds like Tottenham, uh, Daniel Levy and, and Paratici and all the people involved made an actual genuine effort to try and get the game played. And it's not a matter, it's not a matter of um, fixture congestion for, for Ren either. Uh, they have a whole fucking month off. Plenty of time to play this game. Right? I understand the draw is what it is. So the draw came and they said it's either going to be Tottenham or Vitesse playing against... Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the fucking team. Um, Rapid something. Yeah, it's probably not how you pronounce it, but uh, they like had rap, better, rapid COVID they had, test. They had better rapidly come up with a solution to this issue. Um, UEFA UEFA's fucked this eight ways to eight ways a Sunday, and and it's obviously typical of 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 what we've come to know from UEFA is that they can't figure out how to get shit done. So what happens? You know, they, they have corruption, they have um, scheduling issues, they have um, they they have money issues, so now they have to put in another fucking third tier competition that you know, nobody in the big in the big um, leagues want to play and not want to send their teams to because it's not worth it to them. So what happens is uh, we get this situation where in the middle of a goddamn global pandemic and they don't know how to deal with it. This is the reason that these teams, it's part of the reason that these other teams wanted to go to the fucking super league. They wanted to spurn UEFA because UEFA is a piece of shit organization and they're still corrupt and they still can't get it right. They fucked up the champions league draw. Of you know, all things, I... it's, it's, can you imagine? It's like, Okay, so the LA Lakers are in the NBA lottery. They're they're ping pong. They have the worst chances of 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 getting that number one pick. Their ping pong ball comes up number one, right? They get the number one pick. Somehow, one of the Lakers balls gets left in the goddamn in the goddamn bubbler, and their ball comes out again at fifth. So now they got the first and the fifth pick. That'd be like the NBA completely just botching the the entire NBA lottery and having to go, shit, I know you one through four already got your picks in place. We're going to have to start all over again. Because I'm pretty sure that some Man United people were pretty pissed off that they had to play PSG again. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's in addition to that, there, just the level of incompetence. I mean, I don't understand how we still don't have a decision on our situation, right? It seems like it's cut and dry. Either Spurs had enough players to play and didn't or not. That's that's pretty straightforward. I can figure that out in 30 seconds if you want to give me the two lists. It's not difficult. Then the question is, well, who did who was making it difficult to reschedule? Was it Spurs or was it shithole France? Again, it, it seems like a very straightforward one or the other. I don't you gotta, understand. You got to watch out what you say about them because I don't know if you remember the first match. They had like fucking fire and stuff in their crowd. Those guys don't give a shit. They Mike, had, like smoke and fire. and. Hey, you know who Ren's biggest competition is? Uh, fucking PSG? I don't know. Stimpy. <laughs> 
Just had to do it. No, nobody's done that. You heard it here first on Wicked Crazy. Fantastic. Ren and Stimpy. Um, what am I going to do? Be afraid of France? I mean, come on. <laughs> Wait, that, that's our title. I need to write that down. What am I going to do? Be afraid of France. All right. <laughs> that's a long title, Steve. I'm going to try to try to make that work. <laughs> the, the things, the things that have to happen in order to get a to get a podcast title. Yeah, you, you got to wait for Steve to say what, something. This is what it's come to. This is. You know, here we are. Steve, Steve is not afraid of France. Let's we've just had, we've let, had let no show. That's that's a better that's a better title. Steve is not it is. Um, true. Here's what I think is going to happen. And I, I, I want us to crash out of the conference league. I, I want us to be done with it. But I think based on the concept of I heard something last week somewhere so much for citing my sources, but I heard something about, <laughs> you know, the matches essentially have to be played at the same time because there's a competitive inequality to not knowing, you know, or mm-hmm. to knowing the outcome of a match. And so that affects Vitesse in a negative way. The fact that they've already played without, um, without Spurs playing at the same time, based on what we've read, who knows, maybe we're misled, but based on what we've read, it certainly seems like Ren has been the more difficult party on the reschedule. It seems like Spurs. Now we might be getting a PR special and, and we don't know what we're talking about. I think UEFA is going to give Spurs the forfeit. I think they're going to have us move on and uh, have Ren pay the price for not, not uh, playing ball and doing things the right way. I, I think you might be right, Dave, but, and he, and here's why. Um, money. Yep. Too true. Who's going to bring you more money, Vitesse or fucking Tottenham? But at the Bingo. end of the day, I, you got to feel for Vitesse in that situation. They totally deserve to go through. They showed up, they played their games. You know, it, if Spurs and Ren played and Spurs won, that's one thing, but they didn't we won't know what that outcome is the fact of the matter is you know Vitesse tried to you know they, they tried to get a postponed too so that they could play it at whatever the rescheduled time was in hindsight that probably would have been a nightmare if Ren would not have you know agreed on a, on a date then what you've got two games that you know are, are hinging on on Ren not being cooperative here we're assuming um so you know, they went out, they played their game. They're at a disadvantage now. Um, and and it, if I was a Vitesse fan, I would be pissed off if they gave uh, the forfeit in Spurs favor and they progress. Like, this is a team that did not fucking show up in this competition at all. And you're literally gifted. Not Well, it's not a direct way forward. We would have to play some Europa League dropout. Um, but still, it's it's something more... Uh, that probably would have suited Vitesse better than it suits Spurs. Anything else we want to say on this uh, debacle that is the Conference League? Uh, Brendan Rodgers doesn't know what the Conference League is. Doesn't even know what it is, and now he's bound for it, right? You know, the, the, here's the thing: is the, yeah, and here's the thing is that I love is that I fucking believe him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was making fun of it. I think he actually didn't know and doesn't really care. He's probably happy bouncing out of that competition the way they've been playing. That's the you know end what? Of it. That's the end of it. I don't, I don't give a shit about fucking Ren or the Conference League anymore. I care well, less about the Conference League than I do about Carabao Cup. <laughs> it's fair. While we're while we're talking about this Conference League and potential outcomes for Spurs, I think I'm going to go full tinfoil hat here right now because why not? Right? Let's take a look. If Spurs get 
the bye essentially to go into the next round not having to play their their final group game you have to think that uefa is is benefiting the larger team here right i can think of at least four instances of larger teams getting the benefits over the last weekend that seems to push the narrative that uh you know, whether it's it's UEFA or refs or, you know, the Premier League themselves trying to benefit larger teams in situations where maybe they probably shouldn't have come away victorious. I'm looking at all four penalties given to United, Liverpool, Chelsea. Um, God, I don't even know who the other one was, uh, but those are games that they probably shouldn't have won. And here you go, walking away with a, a, a oh, gift was, of a penalty. It was City, it was City right? On the was Sterling. City? Yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I just, it, it, it makes you think, right? Like, surely the benefit of the doubt is being given to some of these larger teams, whether it's right or not. You know, you, I, I, I didn't watch any of those games because frankly, I was too busy giving myself a panic attack uh, at the middle of a uh, a brunch place. But you read the comments, you know, I watched some of the clips. A lot of those penalties looked very soft. You know, I'm just, you know, we got time here. I'm putting my tinfoil hat on. I think that, uh, I think that Europe is trying to you know, maybe collectively they're trying to earn more money for their leagues uh, when, you know, this this whole COVID situation has maybe put them uh, in the red slightly. Uh, and so in order to do that, they're trying to, you know, benefit some of the larger teams that are going to bring in the bigger bucks, you know, give them the, the, the calls that go their favor so that they can keep people coming in and spending their money. It's a big conspiracy. Steve, Steve, you know, there you go again. Just disparaging an entire group of people. The Europeans um, he threw out, right? You, you went after the <laughs> Europeans. Um, you said some regrettable things about, uh, you know, and then and now you're go- now you're going after the conspiracy theorists. I don't know who's next. Who's next? I think it's healthcare it's providers, Mike. Fan- That's who he's coming healthcare, for. Next. Healthcare providers in 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 a union in a in a don't- healthcare workers union. <laughs> Don't even or, get me started uh, on healthcare in America. Talk about a scam. You want to talk conspiracy theories? <laughs> the entire system is rigged, folks. Steve's, Steve's coming after the X-ray techs next. <laughs> Look, Mike, you work in a fraudulent system. Just admit it. It's all I'm saying, all I'm saying, as it comes, I'm a huge fraud, Dave. <laughs> when it comes to X-rays, I just don't understand how you can look me in the face and tell me that it's safe and then leave the room to go two miles away to take the goddamn picture. It's, it's six feet. It's six feet. That's it's, what they want me to think. It's, that it's, it's only physics. Six it's feet. physics, Steve. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it's in fact all science. <laughs> Wait, do I look like I'm the type of person right now who thinks science is real? No, not right now. <laughs> That's fair. Fair enough. We're, we're like 23 minutes in and we are we are lost, irreparably <laughs> lost. Um so so let's hit the brakes. Mike, I think it's I think it's time. What do you say? Yeah, let's let's go ahead. Let's go ahead because I got some we got some stuff to actually talk about uh with our with our club. So let's True, true. So yeah, let's uh let's do something fun. The uh the weekly thing that is where we ask Mike what he's drinking. So Mike, the way we do this is I say, Hey Mike, what you drinking? 
Well, David. You love when I do that, don't you? I have another I have another selection for Burlington Beer. Um I know I may have slightly made fun of them yes last week, uh with my with my comments about um how their draw their big draw is not necessarily their beers but their cans. Um they do have a lot of great beers. But um I'm gonna pull up my beer advocate uh my beer advocate for this one again. Um Oh my god, speaking of people that I should be going after, the douchebags who post on that. Boy, you're you are really going after for even in even rare form. I'm just look, while Mike's getting that set up, I've got <laughs> another sampling from Halyard Brewing. You, uh, you is this a different one? It's a different one. This one's called Volcano Juice. It's ginger beer and lemonade. And this shit is dangerous, man. This is so good. We we got unfiltered Steve. Started start a new gig this week. Just just rolling. I, I, I like I've this. Got, this Steve should be doing this. I've, I've got this. <laughs> I've got this one that I was drinking earlier. It's called The Breeze, uh, which is hibiscus and lime ginger beer. Um, I actually had had two of them. Okay, folks. So so we'll, we'll get this. Halyard is Halyard is a brewery. They make ginger beers. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so they make alcohol laden ginger beers. Uh, they're not. They're not your typical ginger beer that you that you'd use in a in a in a fancy drink or uh, you know anything like that. So it's not like your your Goslings or whatever. Um, but I am going to. I am pouring this beer out here. It's uh It's called Mochaccino. Um, they have a barista series, which is, uh, which is, you know, coffee stouts, coffee porters and stuff. This is called Mochaccino. It's a blonde milk stout with chocolate, coffee, vanilla, and milk sugar. Uh, rates in at about 7%. That's not terrible. Uh, it comes in one pint. Um, I'm going to pop this open. I'm going to pour it into this, this lovely stout glass that I have here. And uh, we'll we'll see how this goes. Wow! Right off the bat, boy, it smells good. It smells like uh, it smells like a mochaccino. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> this is this is really interesting. That, that's the best reaction uh, you, you had. <laughs> you had a purple beer last week, Mike. I thought that was the best reaction, but yeah, this this is so this, this is, is the best a, one. This is, a, this is a milk stout. But I'm going to show this to you guys, and I I feel bad now that we're not like live on the air. I, I you guys are all going to think that we're all drunk right now, but we're not. Well, I'm not, not yet. Not yet. Not um. This is this doesn't look like a stout. What? No. It looks like a pilsner to me. <laughs> and and the smell of the smell of it um it it smells smells like coffee, uh smells like chocolate. But it looks it's like hazy, like a like a hazy IPA or like an unfiltered like Pilsner. Oh, Pilsners aren't unfiltered, so I don't know what the hell I just said. Um, but yeah, man, holy cow, it is, and it smells all there. I can't wait to taste this. Um, so before before I taste it, I'm gonna pick out a couple of the, a couple of ratings here. Um, oh wow, I can't find a bad one. They're all like really nice. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so I'll just go with I'll go with the the highest one here. Uh from Lone Freighter. 
Lone underscore freighter from Vermont. Uh, he gives it a four out of five. It said, that's a big milk slash sweet stout. So I poured into a tulip, uh, which is the wrong, the wrong type of glass to pour a stout into. Not, uh, and <laughs> Way to drop the ball there. 32619. Appearance was, well, yeah, what do you say? That whole gimmicky blonde look. Okay. This isn't saying four out of five for me. <laughs> um, I wasn't appalled, but yes, it definitely didn't look like a normal stout, which is my reaction, right? Um, modest clip of a little off-white foamy head, barely any lace. I don't understand this lace. Um, the aroma had a sweet coffee tone to it up front. Some dark chocolate nibs <laughs> and a light vanilla crisp wafer note. The flavor moderately leaned into some sweetness, then dark chocolate nibs like bitterness. Light mocha, toffeeish backing, then rolling into a sticky, sweet aftertaste. The mouthfeel was about medium bodied, maybe a touch under. That's kind of dirty <laughs> after you've read this. I, I, really, <laughs> I really hate these people. This really drives me nuts. Whoever wrote this is a creep, Mike. What, you got a better no one or no? Shit, dude. It's, it's like he's writing a. He's running into like the penthouse forum from like 1984. Are you sure that's beer advocate and not yeah, it's beer erotica? Beer so basically, basically the guy, the guy shits on it to start the review. Um, and then he goes into it and he, he gets really overly dramatic about the, about the mouthfeel and, and the, and the smell. And then, uh, I don't understand why he gave it a four out of five. I'm going to try this. I'm very excited about this just because of the way it looks. Damn. Whoa, dude. <laughs> Holy Moses. All right, dude. <clears throat> this um, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to explain in my life. I've never had a blonde stout. Um, so I didn't expect it to look like that. Um, it's, it's yellow ish. Um, but it has that, it does, it has that mouth feel like a stout, like a heavy, it's got a heavy feeling in your mouth, but it's creamy and it tastes just like coffee and chocolate. And you get that like vanilla at the end. It's really crazy. It's really, really sweet. I don't know if I can have too many of them. Uh, especially coming in at seven percent, but I mean, you can get the sweet. The sweetness probably comes from the like the milk sugar. You get, you get that in those like that new style milk milkshake kind of IPAs. They call them milkshake IPAs. They're usually fruited IPAs. Um, I like this a lot. I've never had a, a blonde stout, so I don't know. Like, I, I I'm gonna go ahead and give it a straight up four out of Ooh. out of five. This this beer is probably the best tasting most drinkable beer that i've had on this show easily really yeah huh it's outrageous man it's outrageous and i'm not a giant fan of stouts but all right so mike what's the uh i mean gave it a four on the five point mike scale what's the uh ideal scenario where you're you're drinking this particular beer uh 7.30 a.m. start Spurs game. That's fair. Cold weather. 
Um, oh, yeah, definitely cold weather. Definitely cold weather, despite its appearance. No, you can make, I'll give it maybe a 9, 9 a.m. start. 9 a.m. start. I thought you were going to say 7.30 p.m. podcast recording, but, you know, we'll let you go at 7.30 a.m. No, I'm, I'm never I'm never going to say that. Maybe maybe if uh, I got the, uh, the Bush Latte shirt on. Maybe if we ever do a Bush Latte uh, review, that's a 7.30 podcast uh, start. Fair enough. All right, very good. Mike, thank you for the review. As always, this has been Hey Mike, What You Drinking? And we're, we're looking forward to next week. Hope you have a good surprise for us. Ready to go. Oh, I've got one. All right. That's right. You stocked up on your fridge a couple weeks ago. You're ready. You're oh, ready I to go for months, aren't you? More this weekend. Perfect. You know, I do find that like my, my fridge has more than enough good craft beer in it. But anytime I walk past the beer section, I just am inclined to buy something. Not that I need it, but I'm just inclined to buy it just to, to add. And it's yeah, a, so, like something catches your eye. Like this can has like this, this, like I said last week, they have cool labels, man. Uh, this has actually like mochaccinos mochaccinos on it like yeah it, it looks like a starbucks it's a pretty cool label i like i like the artwork that comes out of burlington beer all right very nice so there you have it burlington beer mochaccino 4.0 on the five point scale let's get back to spurs um mike looking ahead to possible match thursday with lester right you think it's going to happen again you know i i, I said brighton wasn't going to happen given um given what we saw with um or what we saw with Lester and their their covid situation you know i you know i'm going to go ahead and i'm going i'm going to blame this whole thing on on norwich you know it seems like everywhere they go they're like dirty sailors you know just spreading spreading their disease everywhere every you know they they come to us we all get covid they go to man U, they get covid like who's next you know they're just going to spread it all over the place. And then they're, and then they're going to drop down to the championship. That's what happens with Norwich, you know? Um, I, you know, I honestly, I don't like, I don't like the idea of, of um, postponing too many matches because then, you know, we already have this congestion that we knew was going to happen in this, 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 uh, this month going into our, our transfer window. And, I don't want that. I don't want the congestion to happen later on now because we have to deal with with COVID. Unfortunately, we have to deal with COVID, right? So at this point, like COVID, uh, we're gonna have to figure out a way to possibly play a bunch of matches in February and March playing around having having to play around Carabao Cup and FA Cup ties like going into the spring <clears throat> I think our best option is maybe to shut it down you know all of these clubs are coming out with 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 covid numbers that are just and I think it's just going to end up exploding at some point and it, it the point is that we have to protect our players we have to protect our players families we have to protect the coaches and their families. I think I saw something, Mike. I think I saw something like, it seems like the average week when you get those reports, you know, this week they tested 2,000 Premier League players or Premier League players and staff, right? And then they say there were three positive tests or sometimes seven. I think I saw a stat today that our buddy Nikki Wink shared with us that was like 
this week it was like 48. So a 600% increase uh, theoretically in, in the number of cases. I, I wonder if there's some legs to what you just said, Mike, like, do you, do you shut it down to get through the holidays? You know, just, just close things down and, and get past new Year's. Steve, what do you think about that? Um, I, I mean, it's going to be a fucking nightmare either way. Cause you, it's not just the league competitions international is still trying to catch up with world cup qualifiers world cup happens winter of next year there's not really a whole lot they can do to move things around from from their perspective scheduling wise somebody's getting fucked one way or another um you know uh, in my opinion for the safety of the of the players their families the staff i think you have to shut it down knowing full well that you're going to take a hit somewhere you have to um and whether it's you know when it comes to international fixtures whether it's uh, having specific rules about who can and cannot join uh based on you know where they have to travel to and from uh and be strict about it looking at you argentina um or if you you turn to the league and say look you know what I don't think we can have a summer break. I think we just have to play straight through the summer at this point and, uh, you know, make it a little easier. It's not ideal because you're going to end up with players who have played probably 12 plus months in a row in international and league play. But I mean, the alternative is you continue to spread this, this virus. And I mean, there's, there's no, scenario where you are perfectly protecting everybody so it turns into well what's best for the players we all know that uefa is going to look at it as what's financially viable for us and they'll just you know do whatever that option is um but from my perspective i i think I, you know i think you got to shut it down i think you got to take a couple weeks let it run its course through uh you know through the the networks the systems and you know pick it back up knowing that you're going to be busy for a while. Yeah, here's my here, here's my my real worry though is that um we saw we saw it before is that players ignore guidelines, players ignore rules. They're going to fucking gather with their families, man. You know, and even even it's it's like we had guidelines as normal regular human beings, all right? Uh, just like these players are normal, regular human beings, and we had guidelines in the in the midst of like the worst part of the pandemic, and people still couldn't follow it. You know, most people still went and gathered with their families and stuff. I know that I took an entire Christmas off from my family because I knew the ramifications of it. I was living it, um, and and I think that that what that means is that later on you're going to see that there's going to be another outbreak um just because of of what we're going through right now in this country from post thanksgiving situation and the post travel from thanksgiving what's happening in our state now we don't have you know we don't have the herd immunity in the state like florida because we didn't just allow people to die and I'm sorry to any of you people in Florida, but your governor is an idiot. And he let people die to prove what point? Herd immunity? It doesn't work like that. We get, we're going to get herd immunity from vaccinations. Now, 
I don't know how many of these folks in, in the Premier League are vaccinated, um, who has religious exemptions and such. But um, I, I think that the best, like you said, the best idea is to shut it down maybe longer than maybe into January, you know. But you have to constantly, you're going to have to go back to a situation where we're constantly testing these players every single day as they're coming in, whether it's, you know, a rapid test or whether it's a PCR test. It has to be done if you want to continue to make money on soccer, watch soccer. They've already implemented rules um, in England where any of, any of the stadiums who have over 10,000 seat capacity have to, you have to have two jabs or a, uh, or a negative test to get in. It's the smartest thing for the fans. And now we have to do when we have to do the smartest thing for the, the players and these families, these are all real people. And, and obviously Conte was very shook about it. And he was very serious about it when he spoke about it. And I'd much rather them not play and be safe and have to go through a couple awkward weekends of uh, having to wait till Sunday football starts, you know, Sunday American football starts. But, I mean, I'd rather do that and have the players safe and have their families safe. You know what, Mike? I'm I'm going for it because this is just that kind of day. I'm going to double down and say that anybody who supports DeSantis in Florida can, from the bottom of my heart, go fuck yourself. I'll no, fight them. I'm not Floridians. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, we just lost Florida. Yep, Florida's gone. Nice knowing you folks. Last week we said if you don't agree with our stance on vaccines, screw you. We don't care about you. This week we just cut Florida off the country. So well done, Steve. Who else can I piss off today? <laughs> I don't know, man. You, 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 you're in rare form tonight. I'm loving it. It's fantastic. It's a good, it's a good thing we're not super famous because I wouldn't be able to take my kids to, to the Harry Potter world in uh, Universal anytime soon. Yeah, I don't think we have to worry about that quite yet, Mike. We're we're not quite there. You get people coming up to uh, to Lucas at, at Far Post. Hey, is your daddy the one that said "fuck Florida"? Oh, no, that was the other guy. <laughs> that was the other guy. That was the other guy. I swear, <laughs> not my dad. <laughs> he agrees, but we don't. I can't, talk about I can't wait till you have till you have Isaac there someday, buddy. So, <laughs> all right, boys. What else is on our mind? Where are we going? This is such a weird time where there's is, there's no like... It is like... such a weird time, and I, and I feel like we're just screwing around here, but maybe that's what we need. We need a little levity right now. We need a little bit of, uh, you know, a, a, some distraction from, from what's going on. Um, how about um, the fact that uh, Delhi said, I want out, and the team was like, okay, cool. Yep. <laughs> Good. <laughs> we're in agreement. Um, I, what do you, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on... On, on Deli Alley, um, where he's going, where he should be, where we expected him to be, what we want out of him. And I think it's way too much thought for Deli, to be honest with you. Like, I like Deli. I like the talent he used to demonstrate. He doesn't demonstrate anymore. Um, three managers running have have not valued what he brings to the table. Let, let the kid go. I think he's 25. He's still got, he's got five, seven good years of football ahead of him. Just let him go. Recoup some money. Let's quit talking about that. Just my opinion. No, I, I agree with you. And, you know, just from watching him play, it just seems like he he wants so bad to do the, the you know, fancy tricks and whatnot that made him so popular and, and so uh, highly demanded. 
but it just isn't working. And for whatever reason, I don't know, what, you know what's going on in his head. It just doesn't look like he wants to do any of the basic shit. And, you know, I, I'm sure you guys know this, you know, having, having played sports too, but it was something my coach has always said to me. If you can't do the basic stuff right, don't bother doing any of the fancy stuff. It's just not going to work out for you. You have to understand the basics. You have to be comfortable enough. It, you know, it, fuck. I'll, it's like, um, you know, when when Isaac was starting to walk, right? Like he didn't just get up one day and start running marathons. He had to stumble. He had to teach himself. You know, how to find that balance. How to put one foot in front of the other. Delhi just wants to go right for the fucking marathon. He just seems to want to skip all that. You know, how can I pass a ball two feet in front of me and have it? connect with the person that i'm i'm targeting he just wants to skip right past that and do his fucking flicks and tricks it, it, it seems to me that deli alley is um and <clears throat> again i love the dude i i really did i really loved him um i i i, I loved his kind of attitude he like i said last week like his half smirk when he knew he got he got something over on him he's like yeah see this is what i can fucking do um i did the, the the thing I see with Delhi, you know, we, we saw what another video of Delhi working hard, right? Well, working he crushed hard. it on Instagram this summer. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, so great. The, the the thing about the thing about that is is that he's not that same like his body style has changed. He's gotten older, he can't do all that same shit anymore. Like he doesn't move that way anymore. He's bigger, he's stronger, you know, it, it, but on top of that, Deli Alley has turned in, in to, to, into what you fear, right? Out of a possible superstar is that he's a system player. He worked in Pochettino's system, right? Um, he worked in that in that kind of that diamond that, that Pochettino used to love to play. And and he he's had three managers in a row now. Well, two managers in a row who didn't play that that style, that that system. He started to fall out of it at the end with with Pochettino, and I know I hate that I have to keep bringing him up, but the fact that he he flourished under a coach like that, um, it, I mean, it speaks volumes when you have possibly one of the greatest coaches of all time come in next and not be able to and not be able to, to get anything out of him. Right? Um, and then you have Nuno come in and, you know, Nuno seemed to have gotten pushed around by fucking everybody. Everybody. So now you got, and he didn't fit into that system. Now you got Conte who's like, all right, you don't want to fucking work? Fuck you then. I don't care. You know, you want to go? Fine, cool. Um, Conte is not going to fuck around with you. It's not that he doesn't fit into a system. It's well, he, it, it is that he doesn't fit into a system, but he doesn't. He he might not. You know, it's not that he doesn't want to fit into a style of of play. It's that he doesn't want to fucking do the work because he's Deli Alley. He got a name for himself when he was young. When I was so, I I'll, I'll liken this to to my high school football days. I I was a full time starter as a sophomore in high school. Um, at, at a big high school football school in Vermont. We were the Notre Dame of high school football in Vermont. 
and we're a small school, played in the, the, the largest school division. It was a big deal if you made varsity football, especially as a freshman or a sophomore. And I became a full-time starter as a sophomore. My junior year, I said, oh, I'm a full-time starter. I don't have to fucking work as hard. I got fat. I got lazy. I got slow. And I recognized that through injury, through less playing time. I recognized that in myself. Delhi doesn't know how to recognize that in himself. By the time I was a senior, I was captain of the team again. So... You know, you look at that and, and, and you have to see it in, in yourself. And Deli Ali doesn't see it in himself. All he sees is that guy from fucking four years ago who was, who was pulling off some, some magical stuff. And that's what we want to see. We don't see it anymore because he's not that guy anymore. And he doesn't give a shit. All he cares about is the name on the back of his jersey, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Deli cares about Deli. He'll, he'll do well in fucking Newcastle. Or wherever the fuck. You know what? If he goes to PSG, he'll probably do very, very well. There are teams who want him. Just not us. Not right yeah. now. Yeah, just let him go. I'm sorry if I went off. I, I don't... That's all right. I'm going to reel it back in. Here's Here we go. You ready? Yeah. Uh, lightning round question for you both. I want you to rank your top three Christmas movies in order from number three up to number one. Steve, you go first. From three to one. Yep. Um, let's do Christmas Carol. Which one? Which one? Which one? Uh, it's the one with Alistair Sim. Oh, okay. Yep. Not messing that. around on that one. Very no. specific. Way to go. Number two, I think I've got to give to Die Hard. I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna fight with you in a second. Okay, we're gonna talk <laughs> about this. So you're calling this a Christmas movie? Is that what we're talking about later? This is why we're we okay. all right. Go ahead, Steve. Let's hear your number one. Number one, probably the most controversial of the bunch. Jingle all the way. Steve. Just, just rando. Way to go. All right, Mike. No, first I, I'm gonna tell you, you can tell you can tell about Steve's <laughs> Christmas movies, and, and, and it's it, it's his generation, you know. He wanted to throw True. that like that old school Christmas carol in there. Okay. I'm gonna go number three, Christmas Carol. The Muppet Christmas Carol. Well, oh, there one. it is. With, with Michael Caine. Grew up on the Muppets, absolutely. Right. So Muppet Christmas Carol is probably the best one outside of the Patrick Stewart one, which is also very good. Um, number two, um, I have to go. I have to go. Elf. Um, I want to say Scrooged. I think Scrooged is one of, is one of my favorite, like. Bill Murray, I want to laugh type movies outside of Caddyshack, right? Um, but I'm going to say Elf. Um, just just for the plain reason that um, Will Ferrell's childishness is, is, is a, like, it's different than a, the way he plays, plays an adult who's still, still living in the body of a child and that, that, that Christmas has that Christmas spirit in him that, you know, we all have when we're kids. I just, I just, I just love that. And he's an adult, but he doesn't get, get that. There's an outside world where he has to be an adult. He's grown up because he doesn't live in that world. I just love the Christmas. I love the Christmas spirit in that movie. And of course, I don't know how you can, how you can put any movie 
higher than National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, they didn't even go on vacation for this one. <laughs> You're right. right, Mike. So I'm going to piggyback. Um, number three for me, Christmas Story. Okay. Which, you know, that, that's part partly about being a you know Gen Xer and being like that age when that when that movie came out. That just that just resonates. If with we went top five, I mean, it's in top five. Yeah. Um, number two, Christmas Vacation, no question. Uh, one of the best Christmas movies ever, and number one, without doubt, the best Christmas movie ever in the history of the world is Elf. There is no discussion about that in my mind. And but I'm going to tell you the why. Part of the why is. So my kids are 20 and 17 right now. What formed like family traditions for us was rolling around. Steve, I don't know if you know these days yet, but you'll get there when we used to have a minivan, because that's what you have to have when your kids are a certain age and you're trucking everything around, but it had the little DVD player in it. And during the Christmas holidays, like we would constantly have those three movies, like on repeat playing in the, in the minivan the entire time so i can recite the 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 words to each of those movies all the way through because i've heard them a billion and a half times but those are our traditions we sit down and watch those as a family uh even with teenagers we get those get those in so christmas story christmas vacation and elf top three so now go ahead and talk die hard mike get after him i want i want to hear you, the old <laughs> man beat up on the kid let's have it all right all right they're at a christmas party right Sure. It's Christmas, it's Christmas season. Yeah. It's not a fucking Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie. The fact that it takes... Gremlins is more a Christmas movie. Nobody gets a fucking gift. There's nothing... There's no talk about the Christmas season. It's yippee Kaye, motherfucker. I'm going to blow some shit up. And Alan Rickman is the best bad guy of all time. If you want to talk about him... In, in that movie, or you could talk about him as Severus Snape. He's the best of all time. It is not a Christmas movie. In fact, the star of the fucking movie has said, and I'll quote, Die Hard is not a fucking Christmas movie. Is that Bruce Willis? Y- yeah. He yeah, said well, he's it, a man. nut job now, so <laughs> what does he, he know? It. This is years ago. He said it's not a Christmas movie. Okay, so Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. The fact that it takes place around Christmas doesn't make it a Christmas movie. The Christmas it's movie has to speak to the spirit of the holiday. Good overcoming evil. Reuniting with your loved ones. Okay, so you just talked you just talked about fucking Easter. That's very true. <laughs> I I just so I, I, I agree with Dave. Uh, I don't agree. I, I think I think Christmas vacation is is probably the all time best. Um and 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 I have the same experiences uh, with my kids right now. Or just kind of, my kids lean into Elf hard, hard. Yeah. Um, my, that is my maybe daughter, the best Christmas my, soundtrack of all time. My I'm daughter, give Elf my daughter leans. My daughter leans into. Uh, she loves that Muppet Christmas Carol, and and I love it because I introduced that to her when she was like three years old. I had I had it on DVD. And uh, and I don't know how you can't like Michael Caine. Um, you know, there's another there's another uh, Christmas Carol movie with George C. Scott, which is phenomenal. Um, but you know, you can th- you have to throw you have to throw your top movies, your Christmas movies in there. You have to throw um, Christmas Story. I mean, that's that's the big one. And um, 
there's a new one that's out that is like a the sequel to Christmas Story that we all have been waiting for for years. And it's about my generation, and it's called 8-Bit Christmas. It's got Neil Patrick Harris in it, and Steve Zahn. It's a fantastic movie, and it's basically the same thing, but the kids are trying to get themselves a Nintendo. Like the old 8-Bit Nintendo. And it's like narrated by Neil Patrick Harris, and it's fantastic. It's a it's a good movie. Gonna have to check that one out, Mike. I do want to give you some props. I, I can tell you, my sister, who's an avid listener of the Wicked Spurly podcast, is gonna say that you are her favorite because of the whole Muppet Christmas Carol um, action. Just just throwing that one out for you. But I also want to share. I think I showed you guys last year. Uh, I got for myself the Clark Griswold Chicago Bears cap that he wears to cut down the tree and to uh, to decorate the tree. And uh, this year, I was able to give my two sons their own chicago bears clark griswold hats so so we are a, a family united under the under the bears cap you've seen that before mike you know what that one looks like eddie i wouldn't be any more surprised if i woke up tomorrow morning with my head stapled to the carpet that's exactly right <laughs> he's a mississippi leg hound you just gotta let him finish <laughs> <laughs> all right boys we've been doing this for about an hour can you believe that yeah i mean i can believe anything at this point yeah this is without question been the most <laughs> random of any podcast we've ever recorded. So um, looking forward to getting the feedback on this one, but Hey, let's have some closing thoughts, Steve, why don't you get us started? What are your uh, closing thoughts as we wrap up tonight? I, I I'm going to, um, I'm going to copy a, a, a thought that was shared earlier and, and just go with, I'm glad that we're not super famous um, living so close to the French Canadian folks <laughs> if we were any more famous i feel like maybe somebody would try to jump me you know in the in the hannaford parking lot or something uh for some of the disparaging comments i made about france um and i would really hate to have to explain why i kicked the crap out of a bunch of french canadians um yeah i'm just doubling down on it again <laughs> i'm not afraid of france <laughs> fuck them He's got his ginger beer muscles rocking tonight, doesn't he, Mike? <laughs> this no, version, it's, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened had we had actually played games. With, oh with man, with Steve. And Steve, you this did. You a, did. This, is, this has been a fun podcast because, uh, you know, through it all, we've had, you know, we've had the COVID issues. We've had the the issue the spurs like i said like i said before there there's never not drama with spurs you know um the stuff around the conference league all of that stuff um this has been a fun podcast for me because we get we get to kind of just be us and maybe show some of the listeners that you know we're we're you know who we are i think we do that anyway on on a weekly basis but um you know we don't have to sit here and just revel in, in the joy or the sorrow that is Spurs. We, we can actually, uh, you know, have a couple of drinks, have some fun, talk about just stuff that happens in our life. And, 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 uh, as, as much as, as much as Steve is, is bagging on France and, uh, and anybody else who, uh, wants to walk in his path tonight. I, I, I know that all of this, uh, all of this stuff that he says, or all this stuff that any of us say, you know, we say, in, we say in jest and, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, I, I, I just, I just, 
I just love the fact that we can act, actually just come onto this show and every week just be ourselves. Um, we sometimes we talk about Spurs. Uh, most of the time we talk about Spurs. We did a little bit today, but this has been a fun podcast because we didn't actually have a lot to talk about, and we didn't have to go deep into the youth squad, or we didn't have to go deep into why Spurs were shit this week, or you know why Lucas Moro needs to be out of the team, or why Davinson Sanchez can't get it done. We did talk about Delhi a little bit today. We talked about our feelings on what happened with the conference league, but I thought I was the millennial. <laughs> I really, I really <laughs> think that I really think that, uh, this, this was a good pod tonight because of that. And, By the way, uh, Mike, thanks for not like putting us on the spot and saying, you know, who's your favorite, um, second 11 under 23 midfielder, you know, with your, your Mike's youth squad update routine. I appreciate not having to figure that <laughs> or one out. Harvey White. Harvey, yeah. Harvey White. I, I, barely have, I barely have time to keep up with why Tanky and Dombley is not playing. And you're asking me about 18, 19, 20 year olds. But so oh, we appreciate that. I didn't know you were still on the team. <laughs> yeah, give it another couple right. weeks. Maybe, maybe he won't be. Maybe not in January. <laughs> yeah. Let Steve handle that. He'll be gone tomorrow. I'll take back care of him. Back to France. <laughs> Send him to Ren. He, he goes to Ren. Now, I'm sure France is a fine place. How can I judge a place I've never been to? I've been to Montreal, though. It's a beautiful city. I'll leave it at that. Probably for the best. It's All right, folks. <laughs> we, we are Wicked Spursy. <laughs> we appreciate you, Mike and Steve. I appreciate both of you guys. Uh, as always, Kois, 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 Kois. And uh, remember the vaccines. Remember the boosters. Remember not to be morons. Remember to be nice to people. And uh, Steve could care <laughs> less about Florida. You know how he feels about you. Look, um, to be fair, yeah. to be fair, everything was in jest except for the anti-vax bullshit. If you're anti-vax, I truly, honestly hate you. I, I'm not even joking about that. You're a terrible, selfish person. Um, we just lost 40% of America now. Uh, oh, no. We're, we're, we're shrinking our numbers every, That's every okay. minute look, we go. Look, the people from Florida who are anti-vax, who might be offended by this, can't find Vermont on a map, so I don't have to worry about them. Mike, you're, you're closing two words. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> be safe. <laughs>